Discovering Asian dramas back in 2018 was an enlightening moment for me, and I've never looked back. I enjoy talking about them just as much as watching them, so much so that I decided to create a podcast with a heavier focus on Chinese dramas, but passing through Korean, Japanese, Thai and Filipino dramas. Welcome to the Tea and Soju Asian Drama Podcast, your corner for drama talking. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Tea and Soju podcast. I'm your host Liliana and in today's episode we are taking a little trip into Japanese dramas. Now let me start off with a little disclaimer. My knowledge on Japanese dramas is quite limited um, but I've watched a few and I wanted to share my thoughts about them. Um, I do actually have a full episode planned with a guest who's much much uh, more versed than I am when it comes to Japanese dramas. Um, so that'll be coming out, I'm not sure when, maybe next year, because um, that's still in the planning stages, but definitely look out for that one. That will definitely be a much, much deeper dive into Japanese dramas. Now, uh, another little disclaimer, I can only talk generally um, with the dramas I have watched in mind, and so take what I say with a little pinch of salt so to speak but I hope you can still find some recommendations from some of my favorite Japanese dramas. Uh, I have also watched some Japanese BL but I have purposefully left that out of this episode um, because like I've been mentioning I think I've mentioned this for a couple of episodes now but I do have a BL um, episode planned and that's just going to involve all the BL dramas that I've watched well not all of them but you know the ones that I've really really enjoyed um so I've left the Japanese BL dramas that I've really enjoyed um you know in uh, for that episode so um I'm actually also in this episode I want to try something a little bit different and um, I find that maybe in uh, my descriptions of dramas aren't the best. I get very rambly and I am not the best of, you know, um, persons when it comes to describing uh, dramas. So for this episode, I'm going to use the MDL, so the my drama list, uh, drama descriptions. Now, there sometimes their descriptions aren't great either, but we'll see what we can do for this episode. Um, this episode will have no spoilers, uh, so you know, please listen ahead uh, and no and don't worry about any spoilers or anything like that um also do let me know after listening to this one and after listening to you know previous episodes of mine which format do you prefer do you prefer like my own rambly description of the drama or would you prefer that I use the MDL description and then just go into my thoughts about the drama like I said you know this is only my eighth no ninth episode so I'm still trying to work out you know what's the best format and what, you know, feels more comfortable, but also what you guys want to listen to. So do let me know uh, which format do you prefer and I'll be more than happy to like take your feedback on board and see which one to use going forward. Now, with all of that said, let's jump into the episode. So 
actually, even before I started Asian dramas or even before I knew what Asian dramas were, um, I used to watch quite a lot of anime and and not because I went searching for it. So my uh, partner now, he used to watch anime. And when I first did start, when I first started dating him, you know, you want to know the interests and whatnot. And he said, you know, it came across in one of our conversations. And then he suggested an anime to me. And I was curious. So, you know, I... Um, I I went in and tried that. Um, so I thought it would be quite fun as well. Um, at the very end of the episode, I just want to mention some of my favourite animes from back when I used to watch much more of them. I don't watch any. Uh, I would say the last one I watched was probably a year ago, um, which is a shame, but there's just so much to watch. And, you know, um, anime just kind of gets pushed to the side nowadays for me. Um, So, yeah, I thought it'd be, you know, fun since I will never probably talk about this again. And I thought it'd be quite fitting to fit it into like the Japanese episode. Um. But anyways, in theory, uh, my natural jump actually should have been from anime to J-dramas. But that wasn't the case at all. I went into Chinese dramas. And I think mainly the reason for that is that back then Japanese dramas weren't very readily available. And even today, actually, they are still one of the harder, um, you know, Asian dramas to get a hold of and to get a hold of uh, subbed. So I think that makes it um, a little bit more difficult. Um, I think half the time that's probably why I don't watch as many Japanese dramas because they are a little bit harder to access. However, I think that's been changing and mainly with um, the platform Viki. I think Viki has been picking up more and more J-dramas and even Netflix has picked up a few as well, um, which, you know, um, I tend to go with Vicky for J-dramas just because there's a wider variety. Um, but, you know, I I sometimes will, you know, go old school, so to speak, and use fan sites and get um, subtitles directly from them. So, yeah, that's, um, that's uh, one of the things with J-dramas uh, sometimes I find anyways. But luckily, they are becoming more accessible, which is great. Um, so I also think, um, for me personally, J-dramas um, are, you know, very different from any other Asian drama. And actually, I say this for just about every single Asian drama that I talk about. I think that each country has its own, you know, um, weaknesses and its own strengths when it comes to dramas. And they all do things slightly different. I mean, when it comes to China, their dramas are always going to be very different because of censorship. And that all that's always going to play a role within that. Japanese dramas are always going to be, you know, slightly different. I actually find that Japanese dramas tend to push, um, you know, the mould a lot more than other Asian countries. But 
I also believe, and this is from the dramas that I've watched, that they um, they look and feel slightly cheaper quality-wise. Um, and, like, I mean, what I mean by that is that you'll see, um, you know, old um, tech being used and stuff like that. And in general, like, the quality just looks a bit you know, older. And I'm not sure if that's just the dramas that I've been watching or if that's something that happens across the board. Um, Like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, I can only really judge it by, you know, what I've watched and the dramas that I've watched because I can't really base it on anything else. Um, But I do wonder, like, a lot of... And I've never been to Japan, so I wouldn't know if this is the case, but I do wonder. So in a lot of dramas, like, you'll see really old cars being driven around and everything and that sometimes makes it a little bit hard for me to believe when they're talking about like a you know CEO or a um you know rich person in a drama or they're portraying that character and then they're driving you know a beat up car or a very old car but not old in like classic kind of way like old old if that makes sense and I do wonder is that like how it is in Japan um if you do know let me know because I'm quite curious I don't know if that is how it is over there um but with all of that said, I don't think it necessarily takes away from the dramas, but it does add like a layer of um, oldness to them, if that makes sense, which sometimes doesn't work for me because I I don't do older dramas. And even saying that, actually, the oldest drama I've ever watched is a Japanese drama. So, you know, there's some nuance there for, for that statement that I just said. Um, however, I think they definitely make up uh, for the quality with the like the quality um of the story itself um and i think that like other asian countries probably couldn't quite pull off as well um you know the stories that japan does and i think that's just a strength to them um you know each i go to different countries for different things i think um in terms of drama watching and i think that will probably become quite clear within my recommendations but it's it's very very true so another thing about japanese dramas is that if you search for them on my drama list um they are listed with their japanese name which can be a little bit more tricky um to locate them however if you type the english name into um google you can easily be led to all the information and um, about each drama whether that may be on mdl or you know other sites um just for ease though um and in hopes that i don't butcher up any more pronunciation than i have to i will be using the english name for each drama and trying my hardest not to butcher too badly the actors and actresses names but I will leave um, both the English name and Japanese name written in the description notes for this episode. Um, so, you know, you'll have both there and you can search for it, you know, whichever way you prefer. With all of that said, um, let's dive into some of my favourites. Um, I will say I cannot remember, I can't even remember which Japanese drama was my first Um 
So I couldn't even begin with that one. So we shall start with one that is short, but it's so sweet. And that is the 2019 drama, Hey Sensei, Don't You Know? So this drama is only six episodes um, of 25 minutes each. And it stars Baba Fumika as Hanai Ao and Akasu Iji as Kidu Richi. Uh, and basically the description on um, MDL is uh, as follows. One of the most admired and beloved romance manga writers of her time, Hanai Ao has dedicated her entire life to her work. From sun up to sundown, she pours 100% of herself into what she does, and it shows with countless fans clamoring for her latest work. Hanai is at the top of her game. As one of her best romance writers in the country, you'd think Hanai would be experienced in the world of love. But in reality, she's never even had a boyfriend, a fact that her editor likes to point out frequently. Uh, completely fed up with her constant nagging of her editor, Hanai. Hanai decides to take a walk, completely unaware that she looks like she's just survived a typhoon. Completely uh, indifferent to anything but her work, Hanai has never bothered with her appearance. At least not until she catches she catches her reflection in a shop window and has to do a double take. Feeling inspired to make a change, Hanai walks into a nearby salon where she's immediately greeted by Ricci, a charismatic and charming stylist who promises to give her a look she'll love. Struck by Ricci's charm, Hanai soon finds herself falling for this man. She can't seem to resist. Lucky for her, the feeling seems to be mutual. With love in the air, it's only a matter of time before Hanai finds herself experienced all the joys of a first love but her strict work ethic becomes a problem can a workaholic keep a steady relationship when she frequently forgets her boyfriend even exists Okay, so that's the MDL description for this drama. Also, guys, if you can hear noises in the background, my dog seems to be having, you know, fun over there by the end of my little recording space. And I don't have the heart to send him out of the room because he just seems to be enjoying himself. So I, I'm just going to let it go. And hopefully there's not too many noises to, you know, um, catch on the microphone but so to me this drama is so freaking adorable like I I loved watching these two together on screen um I really actually loved Hanai um her character starts off as this like really awkward you know um she doesn't really like to be out and but she is definitely a workaholic and she goes on this little journey to balance her life out a bit more um it did bother me slightly that she needed to like you know have a relationship to kind of have that awakening but the fact that she chose to walk into that salon herself um you know and get that makeover herself at first that was like that was on her that was not him um so I really liked that it you know from the get-go it was her choice um so that really, really uh, made the drama a lot better for me. Um, 
I also loved the fact that she was great at her career. Like she was shown as focused and and she was she's doing really, really well in her job. And I liked that just because she got into a relationship, it didn't mean that her career like stalled completely. Actually, it made her career better in terms of, you know, her writing got better because she was more inspired because she was experiencing, you know, relationship and all of these things for the first time herself. And um, and I just think that, you know, um, that part of it was done really, really well because it could have been that, you know, now she's in a relationship, she's no longer good at her job or anything like that. But that was never the case. She just learned to balance our her work with you know now I'm working okay now I need to stop working and I need to go you know and live my life a bit uh so I I really 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 enjoyed that um actually uh one of the other things I also really liked uh was uh, at some points I thought that the second female lead would go in a direction of like you know the usual second female lead would but she never did um and I really liked that the and also the fact that or the like the roles in this are almost reversed because in dramas men tend to be you know the higher achievers the workaholics and women tend to be the more you know demure um less productive um type of characters not always but that does happen and in this drama it's almost completely the opposite um of course Richie is still very very good at his job it's just a different job and he knows how to balance out his life whereas you know Hanai doesn't um but she is the more successful one so although their experience in the relationship is vastly different I also didn't feel like there was too much of a power imbalance because Hanai was very successful at her job and that never really changed and uh, also finally like this drama is only six episodes so you could literally like sit down and watch it all in one sitting um which I think I did I didn't think I waited I binged this one all in one go um and I find these shorter dramas are just so great for that to just literally sit down and you know do a little binge um actually on you know for the most part Japanese dramas tend to be the shorter of um Asian dramas that I watch in terms of like episode count I think they tend to sit for the most part at about the 10 episode mark which works really well for their format so I think um you know that that is a plus definitely you they don't string to they don't push too much aside you know too um long on the episodes so I really like that um Anyways, back to the this one. Uh, I ended up scoring this one an 8.5 out of 10 on MDL. Um, it was just so sweet and easy watching. So that was Hey Sensei, Don't You Know? And that's actually available, um, at least in my region, 
both on Amazon Prime and Vicky. So you've got those two uh, there to, you know, if you want to check this one out. The next drama um, up on my favourite Japanese dramas would be the 2010 11-episode drama called Mother. So the description... Uh, hang on, this drama basically stars Matsuyuki Yasuku and Ashida Mana. Uh, the, the description on MDL is as follows. Uh, elementary school teacher Suzuhara now decides to abdu abduct uh, Mishiki Rena, uh, one of her female students, after discovering that she is being abused by her mother. Fleeing Hokkaido to Tokyo, uh, the two experience various events together along the way, with now serving as a substitute mother and Rena finally experiencing familial love for the first time. Now, guys, that's what MDL, um, you know, the description is. And that description actually does a pretty good job, but it literally just scratches the service. And the service? What? <laughs> the service? the surface of what um this drama is about and i will not sugarcoat it this drama is hard to watch but not in a bad way like it you know more in a way that it rips your heart out um it deals with very 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 difficult issues you know abuse uh so this one will not be a drama for everyone and you know trigger warning it does deal with abuse it does deal with abduction it does deal with adoption with you know um uh mental struggles so it it is heavy. It is a heavy drama. And I will caveat, you know, my whole description of it um, with that. It is very heavy and it's definitely not for everybody. But I just could not do a Japanese favorite drama episode and not mention this one because I believe that this one is probably my highest ever rated Japanese drama. Uh, it's also the oldest drama I've ever watched because it's from 2010, but the acting in this is just phenomenal, like top tier acting, especially by um, Ashida Mana, who plays uh, Rina, um, the little girl. She's so like, I, I could not believe that such a little girl had such, you know, acting power. You could just feel everything. And like, even in her eyes, you could see so much emotion. Um, she was literally like, she was captivating to me on screen and often stole like the scenes from the grown-ups. Um, my focus was on her a lot of the time. Um, so like I mentioned, the story is truly like sad in many moments. Um, but it, it also has like this underlying beauty of basically two souls finding out what choosing your family is and like building that bond. Um, and I believe that like the love they learn along the way is just so beautiful to see. Um, like I said, 
it is probably one of, if not my favourite Japanese drama that I've watched um, up to now. So much so that I actually scored it a 9 out of 10, which, you know, if you listen to my MDL episode either last week or the week previous to this episode, you know that's pretty high on my, you know, on my rating um, scale. And I, I will say it is just like a it is heart-wrenching, but it's also a beautiful drama. Um, acting is, is great. Um, I will say, though, this one is a little bit hard to find unless you look really hard. You know you know what I mean. Uh, I was really lucky to have a friend who owned the DVD and they streamed it for myself and a couple of friends. Um, so I will say watching this is like as a group watch it made it a much better experience and I definitely needed the moral support while watching this um but I'm so glad that we watched it we sat down and watched it because it's definitely worth it um like I said I absolutely loved this drama I couldn't you know recommend it enough but with the caveat that it does deal with some really hard issues so please please take that in you know in mind and if that's any triggering to you or anything at all just you know stay away there's other dramas (laughs) anyways so The next drama on my list is a 2028 episode drama called Marry Me. This drama stars Kumada Rinka and Seto Toshiki. The description on MDL is as follows. The story follows 28-year-old civil servant Akiyasu. Akiyasu Shin, as he's chosen to take part in a new government program under the so-called NEAT Protection Law. This project pairs government employees with NEATs as a means to rehabilitate, that is a hard word, rehabilitate them and reintroduce them into society. The problem is his chosen partner, Suwamoto Himari, was signed up without her knowledge. Will Shin end up winning her over or will this arranged marriage be a bust? Now, when I first went into this drama, I thought it would be, you know, a regular arranged marriage, you know, sweet drama. And there were certainly those qualities, but there was so much more to this drama than I ever thought there would be. There was a lot of character growth, um, which I loved. You know I'm all about, you know, journeys and watching those characters go from point A to point B and what their journey is and how they get there. And, And this definitely has that. Uh, there was a lot more of character growth done, actually, by the female lead. The male lead also had um, character growth, but I just found that the female lead's uh, path was a little bit more challenging and um, her character growth um, just struck me a bit more. Um, but also, it just told like a beautiful story of dealing with loss and how we all sometimes need some help. Um, I think it does explain in the drama what a neat 
is, and I can't quite remember what it stands for, but it's basically someone who is a reclusive and doesn't interact with society at all. Um, the program is meant to help them basically like be reintroduced into society. Um, especially, it's basically like people that are lonely and they are they shut themselves off from the world in their homes, um, and they want government wants to supposedly help these people back into the world. Um, you know, into society. Um, it sounds like crazy, but for this drama, it really does work. Like, I don't know if I could really put this, you know, synopsis or this kind of drama anywhere else uh, and make it work. But for some reason here, it does work. And basically, um, our female lead, this isn't too much of a spoiler because you find out pretty, pretty quickly. She gets introduced um, to the program. She gets signed up to the program by her grandma. Uh, so basically, the female lead was abandoned by her mother when she was um, young and she grew up with her grandmother. Now, her grandmother has passed away and this... Um our female lead is like dealing with that loss and she's basically shut herself in you know her house shut herself away from everything and um you know she she has her cat and uh, that is her only company that is her only interaction and she's not I don't think she quite knows at the beginning of the drama how to process like her loss and how to process um you know that her grandma isn't there anymore and I think that's why I liked her journey a little bit more because it showed that growth and it then it, it was beautiful because it showed like um the male lead's parents accepting the female lead into their family and like there was a background story to them and it, it's really really nice um uh, I really enjoyed this one and I ended up giving it a 8 out of 10. Uh, so that was Marry Me. Uh, again, this one is a little bit hard to find. I don't quite remember where I watched it, but I think it was through a fan site Um that you know provided it with subtitles but I cannot remember where uh, anyways again this one is only a very short um little drama uh, so it's definitely one of those eight you know eight episodes so it's one of those you can definitely just sit down and binge in one go and I don't think that this one is nowhere near as heavy as um as mother is like yes it deals with the loss but I I think it does it you know in a really you know um beautiful way um so i think it's an easier watch than mother um but like i said on the surface it sounds super strange and like it wouldn't work but there's definitely a lot more to sink your teeth into and also arranged marriage like i i I think I've probably mentioned this. I am a sucker for arranged marriage. It's like one of my favourite drama tropes. So if it's arranged marriage, I will probably check it out because it is up my alley. So my last drama, and yes, I'm only mentioning four. I do have a few more but these were the ones that like I really wanted to mention because they are probably the four 
you know, Japanese dramas that are my favourites out of all the ones that I've watched. Um, so, yeah, for the last one of today's episode, it is the 2020 10-episode drama called An Incurable Case of Love. And it stars Kamishirashi Mone and Sato Takeru. Uh, so basically the MDL description is as follows uh, Sakura Nanase is a 22-year-old rookie nurse She met Dr. Tendokari several years ago and fell in love with him To meet him again, she studied hard and became a nurse After five years, she finally meets Tendo again But he has a totally different personality than what she imagined Tendo, who is a who is 33 years old, is commonly referred to as the devil at work. He is um high uh he he is sorry, he is a level-headed perfectionist and often makes biting remarks to doctors and nurses. Sakura works hard to receive recognition from Tendo and she also expresses her feelings honestly to him. Due to her persistence, Sakura becomes well known at the hospital and she picks up the nickname of Warrior Chick. Meanwhile, Tendo becomes attracted to Sakura and their romance ensues. So I think at first I thought this drama was going to be completely trope central, which don't get me wrong, it totally is, like it is, but it's quite funny because like with the whole warrior chick, they kind of get her actually dressed up in like a cape and a sword in some scenes to become like this warrior chick. And it is very funny. Um, And I quite like that she is... Um, you know, she stands up to him. She is very much, at the beginning of this drama, so in love with him. And she's never actually spoken to him. She's only met him. And um, they have quite, I think they have a 10-year um, age gap. So there is that. And they are very, very different people. Uh, but I love the fact that a couple of times of talking to, to him at the hospital, and she's like, no, 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 no you are actually, you know, a devil, like everybody says. Um, However, I think I just really had a lot of fun watching this. The male lead is a total Tsusandre, which is basically like a cold male lead on the outside, who on the inside is a total marshmallow. And, you know, you know the type of male lead that you only see, everybody sees that he's cold and mean, and then you start peeling back the layers, and actually he's nice and kind, that type, you know. Um, And the female lead is, like, ever-optimistic, bright character. So that is your classic, like, setup, for sure. Uh, So if I was looking at this drama realistically, I would say on the surface it is very, you know, very backward thinking. Um, However, I just really enjoyed it. Uh, and sometimes that is enough like sometimes I don't want actually most of the time I don't want to analyze my dramas um in terms of oh you know that's awkward or maybe that is backward thinking you know sometimes they are what they are they are escapism and I just want to watch them for that reason for them to be escapism uh so 
I just really enjoyed it. Uh, I really liked like how our female lead grew into herself. I loved, loved, loved the found family in the hospital of like the nurses um, all together and how they, you know, helped each other out. I really, really loved that aspect. Um, but also I quite liked the cases that they resolved in the hospital and the patients and the, that like how that was woven into, you know, the main uh, romance of the story. On a deeper level, this drama was about like finding yourself for sure and reaching that passion for your job. Um, I just really loved the main couple in this one. Um, they worked well. Their chemistry, even when they're bickering, like their chemistry is great. And you got to love that because for a drama like this to work, the male lead and the female lead have to have bomb chemistry and they have to do it. Even if they're arguing, they have to have chemistry. And these two definitely have that. So that works really well for me. I loved like how they went from bickering to friends and then eventually lovers and how, you know, the male lead by the end was a completely different person. Uh, but mainly I just laughed so much throughout the whole of this drama and that is just a good thing when a drama can make you laugh and take you out of you know if you're having a stressful time or whatever and it, you can escape into that drama for that little bit I think when a drama does that it's just nice and this one definitely did that for me so um all in all I gave this drama an 8.5 out of 10 and so that was the drama Incurable Case of Love and this one can be found on Vicky so I gave you four dramas two very easily accessible and two not quite so accessible, but they are definitely worth the uh, trek, you know, to finding them. Let's put it that way. So that is all uh, for my top Japanese dramas. Um, of the ones that I have watched, those are definitely the top four. Uh, I don't have too many, um, but that's something I would love to change. Like next year, I want to watch more Japanese dramas, more Thai dramas and definitely more Filipino dramas. I've only watched, I think, two Filipino dramas, and I liked what I watched. So those three are the three countries I really, really aim to, by the end of next year, have watched a lot more. So if you have any recommendations, please send them my way, um, and I'll be happy to check them out and see if I can find any that I'll uh, be happy to watch. So... For the last little bit of this episode, I thought it would be fun to just look back on some favourite animes because if I don't do it in this episode, I'll never do it. And while I was, you know, thinking back on my favourite Japanese dramas, um, I just loved it. And I wanted to mention the animes that I loved way before I loved, you know, Asian dramas. Um and I'm not going to go into detail about them or anything like that. I'm just literally going to list some off that I enjoyed. Um, of the ones that I finished, I think among my favourites are, and the more popular ones, uh, the more, po not popular, the more well-known dramas are probably Fairy Tale and Bleach. Um, both of these are great animes. They are completed, I believe. Bleach, I'm pretty sure, was completed. And now they've came back with another sort of... Um, you know, season, I would call it, um, which I probably might check out because my partner is a huge Bleach fan. Um, so I might, you know, 
check that out with him um but yeah i just always love like the intense friendships that are built in animes um especially in the fantasy dramas like for example in one piece i i am so behind on one piece uh, one day i will get back to it but like those are some intense forged in you know the strongest possibility uh, friendships that are never gonna budge and i just love that so much um uh but yeah um i have actually gone on to also watch and enjoy the i did give a try to bleach the live action movie but it just wasn't quite as good as the anime itself um it was still okay but like uh, the anime is where it's at for sure i also this is quite an interesting point i don't do horror dramas like it just doesn't i don't know i have not been able to watch them however one of my all-time favorite animes and i binged the heck out of this drama is tokyo ghoul and that's so bloody and so like horror and you know there's blood everywhere but I binged it and I ended up really, really enjoying it. It's probably one of my all-time favourite, you know, animes. Um, so I had to mention it. And uh, the one other that I think I watched this one a couple of years ago. Um, and I went through all of them. And that is the anime Sword Art... I can't talk now. Sword Art Online. I loved this one and mainly because I really really loved the um main couple but the concept was pretty cool like getting stuck inside a game and then if you die in the game you die in real life I just really really liked the concept again their friendships that they built to exit the game overall it was a, you know a good good anime uh, and I really enjoyed it um another one of my favorites i know I'm, I'm listing more animes than i am you know dramas but it is what it is i just i had to mention some of these um uh, another one of my favorites has to be the anime called twin exorcists exorcists that's how you say it uh and the only thing about this one um i loved it overall but i felt like the ending wasn't quite an ending um if that makes sense and you know that is a little sad to me because if you're not gonna have another season and this is ghost for animes or for dramas please please if you're not gonna have another season just tidy it up because it feels like i don't mind an open ending if i know like the characters well enough to know what they would do but if you end it where that arc isn't quite finished then i get a little bit upset at that because i feel like it isn't finished um so yeah that's always a little bit sad to when that happens now i'll be on top of all of these um animes i think one of my very very favorite ones has to be um one that i think is less well known but maybe it's just that i don't know anybody who's watched it and that is the anime called ancient magos bride um i love it but the ending was wasn't quite an ending either but for this one luckily i've recently found out that they plan to do a season two and it's meant to come out in 2023 uh so who knows 
that may very well be uh, the anime that gets me back into animes, if that makes sense. Uh, I will definitely, I think, uh, be checking the second season for this one because I just really, really love it. It's very, like, fantasy heavy. All of these, all of these are fantasy ones. Um, They're all fantasy animes. But this one just has, I don't know, It. I don't know what it is about it, but it's like these almost it almost has like a steampunk vibe to it the way they dress and it's um yeah it's the vibe of the draw of the not the drama the anime is just different and it just hit me and i binged it really really i just yeah binged the heck out of this one um to this day i can still vividly remember like um the posters for it and some scenes in it because i just really really loved it um so yeah that was all um for the animes that i've watched um that was just you know a little aside because i i thought it would be cool to mention those in the japanese um drama episode Okay, um, that is all for this episode. I hope you liked it. Um, like I mentioned earlier, I will definitely do um, another episode more in depth on Japanese dramas later on. So if you've got any questions, um, please send them my way. I will try to research or if not, ask my guest about it on that episode later on. Um and also, please, please let me know what you thought about the format of reading the um, my drama list descriptions. Is that better? Does that work better? I'm not sure. I think it works well either way. But I would definitely love to know what you guys thought about it. Um, what are some of your favourite dramas? Uh, I'm gonna basically do this thing. I read the question before I read well, you know, what I was supposed to say. Basically, I want to do this thing that at the end of this episode, um, because I, you know, with this podcast, I also really just want to get conversations going about dramas. And although I just sit here by myself and, you know, rattle off things, I would definitely love to hear back from you guys. So I'm going to try and start this little thing uh, at the end of my episodes, especially ones like this, recommendation episodes, or, you know, talking about certain dramas episodes. Um, two little questions and hopefully you guys can you know get back to me on those um like i said i will go through uh, in my little outro i will go through my instagram and where you can find me and i'll always leave that link in the description um so this week's questions or this episode's questions are what are some of your favorite japanese dramas and have you ever tried um them as in have you ever even tried japanese dramas before um so yeah that is my two little questions they should really be written the other way around like have you ever tried japanese dramas and then the other question should be what are some of your favorite but you know look you know you should know you've been listening to me for a couple of episodes now you know how it is um so yeah let me know and i'll see you next time this has been another episode of the Tea and Soju Asian Drama Podcast. I'm your host, Liliana, and you can come and chat to me on Instagram at Tea and Soju Pod, all one word, 
and on Twitter, T underscore Soju underscore pod. You can also email me at tea and soju podcast at gmail.com. I'll leave everything linked in the description notes. See you next time for more Asian drama chatter.